is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Until the new year, really nice to be with you tonight, and... We are awaiting the Senate vote on the tax bill, and the House must vote again, which will probably happen tomorrow, is what I've been told. Again, Democrats say three provisions in the GOP tax bill violate the Senate rules and will be removed tonight before they vote on it. Then that will force the House to revote tomorrow on this. But we are awaiting the Senate vote, and we'll keep you updated on that, obviously, throughout the evening. Now, the big question is, what is in this bill, and should I be happy about this bill? How did they get the Republicans they needed to support this bill? Well, uh, there's some pretty pathetic Republicans out there. One of those is Bob Corker. Bob Corker hates Donald Trump and was against this tax bill because, well, he can't stand Donald Trump. Until, shockingly, a provision randomly showed up that was going to make him potentially millions of dollars a year. That's right, a last-minute provision, the GOP tax bill, would benefit Bob Corker big time. Now, I'll give you the details on that also coming up in just a little bit. But let's go to the average American for a second. What is in this bill, and what does this bill actually do? The Treasury Department's Office of Tax Policy estimates that the administration's economic policies are expected to increase tax revenue by $1.8 trillion over 10 years. This is the result of increased economic growth that has happened, spurred by, you guessed it, cutting taxes and reforming the broken tax code. This also is because of the slashing of job-killing regulations that we had that grew exponentially for eight years under the Obama administration. And the last part about this is the rebuilding of our crumbling infrastructure. All of these are important elements of Donald Trump's uh, not only his agenda, but also of this tax bill. Now, since the election, and this has nothing to do with what we're doing tonight with the tax legislation in the Senate, we've had massive economic growth. Earlier today, I was talking about this on CNN, and one of the interesting things that was said is they said, well, I said, look at this economy. Look at what this economy is doing right now and how this economy is roaring even before this tax bill has gone into effect, even before it's passed. And then I had people on the left immediately jump down my throat saying, well, that's because of what Donald Trump inherited from Barack Obama. And I immediately fought back and I said, no, you cannot have it both ways. I'm not going to let you get away with this. First off, if everything that has gone in a negative way in the last year, they have no problem blaming Donald Trump for that. They also said a year ago that the economy would be a disaster, that Wall Street was going to reject Donald Trump, that Wall Street was going to freak out if we actually elected uh, someone like Donald Trump because he was going to be, quote, unhinged. They said that Donald Trump was only going to look out for the rich and never look out for the poor, and that would be terrible for the economy. We would go backwards even more than we have before. Then they turned it into a racial issue, and they said, in this country, Donald Trump, if you elect Donald Trump, if he becomes president, then, then you're going to have African Americans like we've never seen before that will be unemployed or underemployed because of this evil, rich, white man, and it was a racial issue. All of that 
has absolutely become not true. All of it. Let's just look for a half a second at what has happened with minority unemployment. African-American unemployment right now in this country, before this tax bill has been passed, is at a 20-year low. Under President Obama, it was double the national average. You have more black businesses now than you did before. You have more black businesses that are soaring and making profits right now than you did before. And we also see that food stamps for African-Americans are decreasing for the first time in years at major rates because of our economy and the economic boom that we're in right now. Now, I talked about what was going to be in this bill. I said, for example, if you're an individual, if you're a family of four, and you're making yourself some money, uh, not a lot of money, but some money, $40,000, $45,000 a year, what does this actually mean for you? What it means for you is that you're going to start making some cash, maybe for the first time uh, in a while, that actually starts to come back into your pocket, not away from you. And then, of course, Twitter went berserk by liberals, mocking the fact that we were wanting to give them money back. Give you an example. After I gave the example of how a family making $40,000 a year is going to have about $1,400 more in their bank account at the end of the year with this new tax reform plan, people started tweeting things like this. Whatever will they do with their extra $106 a month? And my thing is, is so let me get this straight. Liberals never gave a tax break, right? They, 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 they basically said, we for eight years are going to try a different economic policy, which is a policy of big government where we take as much money as we can from people and we create a massive government and then the economy in theory is going to do well because of that, which was a failure. That's one of the reasons why Donald Trump got elected. But today, a family of four making 45 grand a year is going to get about $1,500 more in their pocket than they would have under Barack Obama. And then I, I get people that are going, you're kidding me, right, Ben? You're $1,500, $1,500 a year? Sure, that helps a, a ton, not. Mocking this tax break. Another one said, Ben, you're telling me I'm going to get $1,400 a year and you deem that enough? Wow. I'm not talking about it being enough. What I'm saying is this is more money than that family had under the Obama administration. And yet these are the Democrats who are freaking out about this. They refuse to give these people any of their money back in eight years. So now when Republicans do it, they basically say, well, the amount of money you're giving them is not enough. It's not enough that we have low unemployment. It's not enough that we have African-American businesses and minority businesses that are surging right now. It's, it, it's, it's not bad enough that, you know, it's not good enough that we have people that are no longer living their lives on food stamps like they were a year or two ago. So now we give them $1,400 more directly in their pocket through tax breaks and they're complaining about it. They complain about the size of the cut, and I'm sitting there going, where were you? Where were you for eight years under the President of the United States of America, Barack Obama, when he was not giving any money back in those pockets? And, and instead, it's a very clear thing. If you want to know what these tax cuts are about, if you really know, want to know what the difference is here, this is two different ideological viewpoints. One was, and we tried it for eight years, and it was a failure. 
We literally tried it for eight years, which was we are purposely going to have a high-tax society where we take more of your money, we give it to a government, and then we expect the government to take care of us. We're going to take more money out of the American, hardworking American family's pocket. We're going to take more money from business owners, more money from corporations, and then somehow we're going to have an amazing economy which did not exist in that entire eight-year period under Barack Obama. So when I say I'm going to try something different, and the liberals mock the amount of money, $1,400 going into a family of four making $45,000 a year, that's real money. And they say, well, that's not good enough. I'm sitting there going, well, why didn't you have the same standard under the president of the United States of America, Barack Obama, for his entire eight years when he never gave you a dime back? Now, before this bill was even passed, last quarter we had economic growth surge of 3.3%. Since the election, we've created nearly 2 million new jobs. Unemployment is at a 17-year low. And consumer confidence right now is at a 17-year high. The stock market is hitting all-time record highs day after day, week after week, literally month after month now. Since the election, there have been more than $5 trillion in new economic wealth that is out in the marketplace just because of the stock market and what's been going on. People's 401Ks, retirement accounts, and other things are moving forward. And that's before all of this tax cut is done. So I'll say it again. Why am I in favor of this bill, which, by the way, is not perfect? I'm in favor of it because I think it will only add to the numbers that I just gave you. I think it's going to help minorities, by the way. And I think we should be proud of these numbers. That African-American unemployment is a 20-year low under President Obama. It was double the national average. African-American businesses are soaring right now. Food stamps, uh, African-Americans are decreasing when they were actually they were actually proud of the fact that more African-Americans were living in poverty under Obama than any other time before in modern political history. Remember when Jesse Jackson said that he was, quote, proud that the president was a food stamp president, that's an honor to be called a food stamp president, that more people are added to the food stamps Roles is a, is it somehow an accomplishment? That is the difference between the mindset of the left on this issue of taxes and the mindset of those like me on the right. People say to me all the time, Ben Ferguson, why do you hate having people on food stamps? I'll tell you why. Because it means by definition that they are actually living a life in poverty that we, dis, that we are declaring is a unlivable condition. That's why we give them food stamps. We give them food stamps because we're saying that you're, the life that you'd be living without those food stamps is a life that is a that is living in such bad conditions that we believe that you need help. Why would I ever celebrate someone going on food stamps? When you get food stamps, it is the definition officially from the U.S. government that you and your life and your living conditions for you your, and your family are, are, are literally a failure. Why would I celebrate a food stamp president? Why would I celebrate ever having people living in those conditions? I want to get your phone calls on this and get your reaction to, again, Democrats today coming out, actually mocking families getting fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 more in their, in, their, in their accounts under this tax bill, saying that that's a joke. You're kidding, right? That's not enough. And my question is, where were you for the last eight years demanding more than fourteen or $1,500? Because the other president never gave you any of that.
one 381 3811 one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin, the great one. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in tonight for the great one. Good to have you with us. And uh, that we are awaiting the Senate vote on the tax bill. Uh, we've also been told that the House must vote on this tax bill again because of a couple different issues in the bill that will be figured out tomorrow. Uh, and But the Senate is going to be voting on this. They're debating it right now on the floor of the Senate. We'll keep you updated if this becomes official, obviously, tonight during the show. Uh, all right, I want to get back to what I was saying just a moment ago, and I'm going to get to your phone calls. Democrats are now mocking how much money an average family, a middle-class family, is going to get saying that it's not enough. A lot of families are going to get fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars. Those making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year uh, in their pay, in their pockets, on top of job security that comes from having a robust economy, on top of many people finding new jobs for the same exact reason. All of this going on, and there's people that are somehow mad, going, "Well, you're not giving us enough." This tells you about the mindset, though, so clearly of the left, that they they want more money for free. They, they literally want more money for doing nothing. They want it to be a handout. They're not happy with $1,500, $1,400, $1,600, and taxes coming back because they always want more, 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 more. But they never demanded more, and they never demanded tax breaks from Obama because I guess they thought they were going to have an Obama phone, so that was good enough, or they were going to get unemployment for five years, or they were going to get food stamps indefinitely for the rest of their lives. You look at this tax reform, and there's two simple ideologies here that are that are clashing that the American people, and especially conservatives, need to understand. There is a one thinking, which is a massive government somehow brings economic security, job security, and economic growth, which we tried for eight years. It did not work. We also tried it back when there was some guy in office. What was his name again? Oh, Jimmy Carter. It didn't work either. We have tried big government and massive taxes to somehow get stability with our economy. It has been a failure every time we've tried it. The other option is to say, we want the job creators and the job producers, which unfortunately are not the poorest people in this country. I'll be the first to admit that, but I've also never received a job from a poor person. I've never seen somebody on food stamps hiring. I've never seen a liberal with always begging for a handout building a robust business. It doesn't exist. So... To have tax breaks go to people that employ people, I don't, I've never had an issue with that. What I know is I've worked for companies that have struggled financially before. And let me tell you, there's nothing worse for your job security than a company that is struggling financially. If you have companies and corporations that are paying a, a lower tax rate that is competitive with other parts of the world, 
then they're much more likely to reinvest in this country and to hire in this country instead of hiring overseas. Why would I be against that? But you hear these Democrats, and they come out and they're saying, well, $1,400 is nothing compared to what the evil rich people are going to get. $1,400 more in your pocket if you make forty grand a year is a, is a significant amount of money, especially if you're making $40,000 a year. I want to get to your phone calls on this, see what you think about it. The number, one eight seven seven three eight one. 3811, of course, they're already trolling me. If you want to tweet at me, you can, even you crazy liberals out there. Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter, and I'll read some of those comments. In the meantime, uh, let me get to your phone calls. I'll go to, let me go to Kevin. Actually, Kevin, hold on. i got to take a break here. I just realized it. Hold on for me, Kevin. I'll come back to you. Get all your phone calls in here and many of your comments online. You can tweet at me at Ben Ferguson Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Much more coming up. We'll be right back. American Revolution starts here. The Mark Levin Show. Call in at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He'll be back with you in the new year. Nice to have you with us tonight wherever you are around the country. Uh, I said earlier in the show I was talking about how great the economy has been for the last year. For African Americans in this country specifically, that the president's doing more for African Americans than Barack Obama did. And of course now I'm getting the anger from many of the liberal African Americans. Uh, here's just one of my favorite ones from a moment ago from some guy named Bosti. He says, first of all, watch your mouth when you talk about African Americans. Nobody made you an authority on us. If I'm giving good info and good news about the rates of unemployment, black unemployment at a 20-year low, under Barack Obama, it was double the national average. How am I in trouble for giving you that information, except for the fact that you're just angry that Trump did it and Obama didn't? When I told you black businesses are, are right now are soaring, why would you be angry at me for telling you the facts about how clear it is that African-American businesses right now are doing extremely well under Barack, uh, under Donald Trump's leadership, and they were struggling for the majority of the eight years under Barack Obama. Why would you be mad at me telling me to, quote, watch your mouth when you talk about African-Americans? Nobody made you an authority on us when all I said was that isn't it good news that food stamps for African-Americans are decreasing in this country, not increasing over the last year under the leadership of Donald Trump. Why would you want me to watch my mouth if I'm telling you that literally African Americans are succeeding economically more than they were under Barack Obama? Oh, and then it gets good. Keep us out of your mouth. We are not the poster child for food stamps, you moron. I never said you were. In fact... The number one recipient of food stamps in this country is single white females. I didn't say that food stamps only related to African Americans. 
But in the racist liberal world that you want to live in, where everything is a, ra is a race issue, where every piece of good information that I tell you about what's happening in the minority community, somehow you turn into you better shut up and you can't talk about black people or you can't you can't tell me what's going on in the black community if it's good news because you're a white guy or a Republican. It's exhausting. Relax and enjoy success for a moment. Again, it's two different scenarios here. We did the massive government, bloated government, extreme spending government for eight years, and the bottom line is if you're an African-American in this country, it didn't work to help you, and that's, by the way, what Barack Obama ran on, not what I said. He ran on saying he was going to get unemployment for African-Americans down. He ran on... If you vote for me and you elect me, I'm going to help minority businesses more than any other president in the, in, in the U.S. history. And you all stood and clapped for it. Then the reality came. He became a food stamp president, which Jesse Jackson said in his own words, I'm proud that he's a food stamp president. Let's, in, in a church saying, Amen. Let's give a, let's thank the Lord for more African Americans by definition living in poverty. So with all due respect to Basti, I'm going to keep telling you the facts because it's important. But you should also be excited that there's fewer people right now in the African-American community that are living in poverty and are suffering. Why would you not be in favor of this tax cut? Let's get to your phone calls on this one. I want to go to Jennifer. Thanks for waiting. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson sitting in for Mark today. How are you? I'm not doing well after listening to you. How are you doing this week? Why is that? I just told you you're going to get more money in your pocket. You should be doing uh, very actually, well. Actually, I'm not getting more money in my pocket, and I'm in a family of two teachers, and I've done the taxes myself, so I know that it isn't true. But I do think Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Jennifer, 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 how did you do the taxes on a bill that hasn't even been implemented yet to know that you're going to lose money? Because I know how to read tax codes. Don't the, the tax bill hasn't even been finished yet tonight, and you're already saying that you've oh, read it when they are I'm changing sorry, it as we speak? That the conference committee did not put out a tax bill that the House voted on today at about 2 p.m. I watched it. And the Senate is changing some of that, sending it back to the they, House. If they send it back to the conference committee, then that will make the House have to vote on it. So how are you going to – let me ask you this. How are you going to lose – how are you going to lose money, Jennifer? How are you going to lose money? I don't think that you understand – how businesses pay taxes. So I thought maybe I should educate you. Okay, before we get to businesses, because no, no, no. I, I do, no, I do own, I do own a couple of businesses, Jennifer. So I do know how businesses pay taxes. I want to go back to the very beginning of your conversation. You said that you're going to lose money. How are you going to lose money because of this tax bill? Explain me that first. Cannot. Claim that the, the I cannot file without itemizing, and so I have talked to both my tax attorney and to another corporate tax attorney. I'm losing money, but let's uh, not talk about me. Let's talk about okay. Your all right, let, let me ask you a question. What is what is your joint income range for you and and I'm assuming your husband? We're both teachers. So what do you think it is? I I, I don't know. That's why I asked you. I'm not a no, I'm, I'm not a mind reader. Well. I don't want to talk about me personally. I want to talk about but your... Jennifer, hold on. You brought it up. This isn't a trick question. No, no, no. 
Jennifer, this isn't Jennifer. This is not a trick question. Okay, I asked you a simple question because I'm trying to figure out how your tax guy knows so much information about a tax bill and how you're guaranteed to lose money. So I'm trying to understand it so everybody out there that you're fear-mongering right now will actually know how you apply this information. So I'll ask it again. What is it on average that you and your husband are going to make per year? Explain it to me. I don't need to. I need to talk to you about business tax. So you can't answer the question. I can answer any question you give me. That's not the question I want to answer right now. Okay, now for, let, let me explain how this works. No, 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 if no, you no. call me, Jennifer, Jennifer, if you call me and you tell me for a fact that you and your husband as school teachers are going to lose money because of this tax bill, and I ask you to explain me how, and you can't explain to me how you're going to lose money, don't you understand where I, don't you think that that's a pretty big statement? I don't think that my personal financial information at this moment is the relevant issue. The relevant issue. You're the one that brought it up. Jennifer, you're the one that brought it up. You're the one that called me. And you're the one that said to me that you and your husband are going to lose money because this tax bill. And I'm asking you to explain it to me. And still, after three minutes, You've still not given me one example of how this is going to cost you money. You you basically called up fear-mongering people. My BS monitor went off, clearly. And I asked you a basic question about information that you volunteered to me, and now you're acting like I'm prying into your private life when you're the one that brought it up. Okay. All right. Well, I guess you hung up. That's probably a smart decision. That's, my friends, how you bust out a fake call. That's what you call a propaganda liberal caller who calls in saying, I'm going to lose money. You, I'm a teacher. You should, you should love me. We teach people. What do you think I make? I don't know. Well, I'm not going to tell you. But I'm one of these teachers that's just trying to do good in the world, and you're taking my money. Okay, how are you losing money? I can't tell you. It's private. Okay. Let me get a Ray. Let's try Ray out. Ray, welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. I, I like your delivery. But just for a moment, let's dwell on something. Let's, let's, all the money disappears. But it's going to be a transitional period to go from a money economy to a resource-based economy. So we start with, we give everybody $200,000. Everybody, business, people, young, rich, old, poor, and we continue playing the game like a real-life Monopoly game. The sun shines for free. The water flows for free. The, 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 the energy, the wind. We're the only creature on this planet that charges each other. Imagine no money. The value, the worth is in each person. Each person gets a chance to go to school for free and learn to become the best they can become. And then they give that back. That's what their so-called job is, and we all just love it. We don't do jobs. So, so, we hate so I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out if you're being sarcastic or if you're being no, serious. No, absolutely not. I'm trying to figure out if just for a minute you can realize what I'm saying is so possible. That, you know, the, so, the so you want? Let me let me let me clarify here because I I, I, I want to make sure I understand exactly sure. what you're saying. You're sure. saying that everybody should get a two hundred thousand dollar check at the beginning of their life or every year from the government. 
Well, to, to begin with, everyone in Norway got almost like two hundred thousand dollars. We year. don't live in because Norway. The money, because the money we don't, that we don't they're live making in Norway. from oil, the money they're making from oil in Norway goes to the citizens of Norway. That's a real government. That's that's the government of the people. So, so, so you want you want two hundred thousand dollar check to be given out from the with. government to every person. Don't forget the government part. I'm just saying, well, the money's fake anyway. So let's just print up more money. Let's hand it out and let's continue doing what we do. Let's let's not please just just for a minute. Try to entertain this as though, wow, maybe it could work. I, I'm Once trying to entertain it, but the last time, and, but, right, know. right, the last time I heard something like this that I thought would work, I think I was about five years old. I also and? believe that Santa Claus is real, and the Tooth Fairy actually got my no, no, tooth. No, no, now you're money. making a joke out of it, Ben. That, that's I, not I, what I'm, I'm not Ray, making a joke. Ray, two hundred thousand dollar check to every American. Have you done the math on this? To to everybody, and it doesn't make any difference. All the money that's okay. issued all right, now. All right, I gotta go. I gotta anyway. go. Ray, you, you send me the check you first. Go. You I gotta, gotta go. Yes, I gotta I gotta go make some money because I'm not gonna live my life depending on hoping that the government's gonna write me a check for two hundred thousand dollars. What is wrong with you? Seriously. Troy, you're on the you're on the Mark Levin show, Ben Ferguson filling in. Hold on actually do me a favor, Troy. Hold on for me. I want I don't want to cut you off. I I'll give you a moment. Uh, and so we can have a fair debate here. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come right back. It is uh, Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. one 381 We'll be right back. Mark Levin. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark tonight. Really nice to have you with us wherever you are around the country. Talking about tax reform, waiting on the Senate vote. And, you know, Trump's first year in office was a big win for the economy. Even the New York Times had an interesting article today. It says, as the year ends, President Trump is compiling a solid record of accomplishment. Much of it is unilateral, depending on extensive executive actions, rolling back President Obama's regulations. Impressive judicial appointments and the successful fight against ISIS overseas. The tax bill is a significant legislative achievement that he's been missing. For much of the year, Trump's presidency has been seemed to be sound and fury, signifying not much besides the welcoming of Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court. Now it's sound and fury, signifying a discernible shift of American government to the right. It's hard to see how a conventional Republican president would have done much better, except if he had managed to repeal Obamacare, which was always going to be a dicey proposition given the narrow GOP majority in the Senate. The tax cut is big, $1.5 trillion over 10 years, and even more if you account for the budgetary gimmicks and its changes that conservative economics have sought for decades particularly the lower corporate tax rate from 35% to 21%. The move to a territorial tax system. Companies would only be taxed on their earnings in the U.S. And the business expensing. Companies can write off the full cost of new buildings and equipment. These reforms are arguably as significant on the corporate side as the Ronald Reagan reforms of 1981 were on the individual side.
they stand a good chance to be enduring. It's unlikely we're ever going to back, go, go back up to 35% corporate tax rate or returning to a worldwide tax system. Now, this article in the New York Times, to New York Post, I should say, today, Trump's deregulation has been in full gear. It goes on to say the Environmental Protection Agency is unspooling major Obama-era rules, the waters of the United States and the Clean Power Plan. The FCC reversed net neutrality. The Education Department rescinded an Obama administration Title IX letter that pushed colleges into abandoning due process in sexual assault cases. Obama administration rulings that uh, occasioned fierce debate during his time in office have also fallen by the wayside with barely a whimper. For example, Obama blocked the Keystone Pipeline to appease environmentalists who argued that the future of the planet was at stake. Trump greenlighted it without a fuss. Obama imposed a contraception mandate that feminists portrayed as the only obstacle between women and a handmade tale future. Trump's decided to reverse it. Contraception, by the way, is still widely and easily available in America. This article goes on to say maybe any Republican would have done would have done much of what Trump has. But the three acts stand out, pulling out of the Paris Accords, decertifying the Iran deal, and declaring Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. All three demonstrated an a, a appetite that Donald Trump was going to do what he said he was going to do during the campaign. Now, the president also began the process of ending the Obama amnesty for so-called dreamers and has reestablished a baseline of immigration enforcement that has had an instant impact on illegal border crossings. Whatever next year brings, though, Republicans aren't leaving this one empty-handed. And that's the narrative that's been pushed for so long out there by so many uh, in the media, is that this year was some sort of massive failure for this president. Yes, we don't have a wall. Yes, we did not repeal and replace Obamacare. But by golly, we're going to have a tax cut that's big, $1.5 trillion over 10 years. Yes, we're giving businesses and corporations the ability to make more money so they can reinvest and hire more people and help our economy in this country. And yes, we are giving middle-class families... A tax break. So when someone tells you that this year's been a failure, remind them of what I just read for you. Because it's the facts. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We got a lot more coming up. We'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. 
Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting them from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Howard, too, nice to have you with us, uh, filling in for Mark Levin, the great one, Ben Ferguson with you tonight, and uh, we are awaiting the Senate vote on the tax bill couple technicalities are making this bill go back to the House for a revote. They expect that to happen tomorrow. And if we hear anything from the president tonight uh, or the Senate leadership, we will obviously carry that for you live. Uh, I, something else that happened today that just irked me. How is Trump handling his job as president? A new approval rating uh, with this new poll out, only 35 percent. One little problem in the poll, they oversampled Democrats by 10 percent. So really, you want me to believe you're polling when you purposely over-polled Democrats by 10%? Come on, you can do a little bit better than that. I love the fact I think they're screwing with these poll numbers, trying to make it unpopular to like the president. This is the same thing that gave Donald Trump a victory. The same type of polling crap that they did, saying that Hillary Clinton was doing so much better and it was a foregone conclusion that she was going to win, and clearly people didn't like Donald Trump, and then he won and people were in shock. Keep it up. Keep this cocky and arrogant polling up where you try to use polls to influence the American people because the American people understand something right now. The economy right now is in really good shape, and this tax plan is only going to help. And you can keep throwing people on TV that criticize this and say this is evil and mean-spirited and you're not giving enough money back to the middle class, and I would say the same thing I said this last hour. If you're out there complaining about fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars going into your hands, into your bank account, compared to last year, if you're making forty thousand or fifty thousand dollars a year, and you're upset about that money, you're angry about that amount of cash that's going in your pocket saying it's not enough, then then why didn't you complain for the last eight years to Obama? And the Democrats about not giving you a bigger tax break? Because they never gave you one ever. They didn't give you anything. It didn't exist. And now people are saying, well, they, you should give me more than this. Um, we're giving you more than you, we're giving you more than he ever gave you. So why don't you just enjoy getting more money? Why don't you enjoy a robust economy? Why don't you enjoy the fact that you're probably going to have more job security because your company's paying a lower corporate tax rate, which means you don't have to worry as much about getting laid off in downsizing or economic, uh, you know, the negatives that come with a, with a high tax society. 3811. You can also tweet at me, uh, Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter and Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show. One little side story that's freaking me out. First off, it freaks me out that we actually had a government secret U.S. UFO unit. Not, this is, this broke today. This is not a joke. 
It also freaks me out that the man who ran the government secret UFO unit said today, we may not be alone. That's right. The man who reportedly ran the U.S. government's secretive UFO unit said today that he believes there is compelling evidence that we may not be living alone. And then the Pentagon released video and the audio of our fighter pilots out there tracking these objects that are flying that clearly are not airplanes, as they say. One of them was described as a tic-tac that could stop and go any different direction it wanted to and didn't have wings. This individual explained that the UFO unit, which tens of millions of our tax dollars was spent on this government agency for a secret UFO unit, employed scientific methodology to observe the UFO phenomena and discovered aircraft, quote, displaying characteristics that are not currently within the U.S. inventory, nor in any foreign inventory that we are aware of. Now, while he made it clear he doesn't speak on behalf of the U.S. government, the man who ran the program said his personal belief is that there is compelling evidence for life outside of Earth. Quote, my personal belief is that there is very compelling evidence that we may not be alone, whatever that means. All right, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but if you haven't seen the video, it freaks me out. This video, I mean, completely freaks me out. And if you haven't seen it yet, just just I'll post it up on, on social media. I'll put it up on, on my page on, on Facebook and Twitter. You can see it there. It will freak you out, too. It, it literally freaks me out. I'll throw it up there right now. You can check it out. All right. In the meantime, we'll get back to your phone calls and get your reaction uh, to this tax bill. Are you in favor of this tax bill? Or are you saying, no, I can't stand it? Uh, I want to go to Troy. Troy, thanks for waiting. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Go ahead. How you doing, Ben? I wanted to go to that comment you said earlier about the unemployment rate for African Americans under the Obama administration was the, what you said, the worst in how many years? Uh, I did not say it was the worst in any amount of years. What I said was is they, they were rising the majority of the years that he was in office. And statistically, uh, what it was is you had food stamps that rise to the highest level that we'd seen, and black unemployment was at a 20 uh, is now at a 20-year low. It was double the national average under President Barack Obama. Those are just the facts. I never said it was the worst ever. Correct. What I, what, what I said was, I said African-American unemployment right now is at a 20-year low, which means it's lower now than at any point in Barack Obama's presidency. Under President Obama, it was double the national average. Black businesses, we also had black businesses that were suffering more in the eight-year period under Obama than they did in the last 15 years before that. And food stamps under uh, for African Americans under Barack Obama were the highest level in the history of this country. Under Barack Obama, we also had the worst downturn in the economy since the Great Depression. But that being said, right now you said under Trump it's the lowest it's been in 20 years. So I just wanted to say, what did Trump do in his one year of presidency to help the black unemployment rate Drop to the lowest been in 20 years? Great question, and it's a very simple answer. When you start getting rid of regulations that suffocate businesses in this country, as this president has done, when you start unraveling 
all of these regulations that were put into effect by executive order under Barack Obama, you immediately had a business community that flourished instantly as soon as those regulations came off of them. The other thing was is you had the regulations that created new jobs. Sure. I'll give you I'll give you one of the biggest I'll give you I'll give you one of the biggest ones that was out there, okay? Perfect example is is allowing for the Keystone Pipeline, which has created tens of thousands of high paying jobs across multiple states in this country, and that was one thing they did immediately that allowed for a significant number of African Americans to get a job that were high paying jobs directly related to the Keystone Pipeline. You're saying that's a major contributor to the unemployment rate for African Americans. You asked for an example, so I gave you one example of a major project that, that without, it's undisputable the economic impact that the Keystone Pipeline has had to virtually every state where that pipeline is going. And we know that there's a significant number of African Americans and minorities that were hired to get ready and to be a part of the Keystone Pipeline. I use that as one example. Just just one okay. example. I'll give you another example. You look at the coal industry and some of the EPA regulations there. You look at some of the drilling regulations, deregulations that have come in. There's a significant number of jobs for African Americans that have, that have been, been put back to work in Louisiana and Mississippi and Texas because of drilling that under the guidelines and the executive orders under Barack Obama disappeared. So there's four quick it. examples. I would love to see the statistic where the coal mining industry helped African American unemployment rate. But so you're, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't it, isn't it incredibly racist to imply that somehow African Americans don't work in the coal industry? I'm going by the demographics of the area, and th- this is the now, thing where people get Troy, so Troy, 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 hold on, time out, time out. Wait, 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 wait. We got to deal with reality compared to what you just implied, because I'm not going to let you get away with that. There, right. you do realize there's two parts of the coal industry. There is the smaller part, which is the coal mining, and the biggest economic boom is not the mining aspect of it. It's the delivery and the and the processing of the coal that is mined all over the country and all over the world, which would have a huge impact uh, on those that work on railroads, those that work on 18-wheelers, those that work on cargo ships, and I'm pretty sure that minorities work in all those sectors. I'm sure they do. I would just love okay, to Okay, so then why are you being so negative about a positive economic impact, which is indisputable? The facts are there right now, and I'll give them to you again because for some reason you have a hard time with this. Black unemployment is at a 20-year low right now. Under President Obama, it was double the national average. Food stamps under Af- right now for African Americans are the lowest they've been in the last eight years. So why are you why are you acting like this is somehow a bad thing, Troy? Why aren't you celebrating it? It's it's nothing. It's not to not celebrate it, but the question is, it seems no. But it seems that you just hate the fact that there is success for minorities under Donald Trump because you don't like Donald Trump. I don't. Not that I don't like Donald Trump. I just want to see where the credit is coming from. Credit is due with credit. I mean, credit is given what credit is due. I just don't see anything that he has done. The deregulation that he talk that you're talking about him rolling back. 
The, the, okay, then I'll ask you this, numbers. Troy. Why do you think that Wall Street has had has been hitting historic numbers, and why do you think unemployment rates for uh, are at a 17-year low, and that consumer confidence is a 17-year high right now? And why do you think all this happened in the last 12 months if it wasn't for the fact that the President of the United States of America was Donald Trump pushing and advocating for policies that allowed these things to happen? Who else would you give the credit to? Two different reasons. The, in, the increase in the economy, I'm going to say, like you said, it was increasing. The unemployment was decreasing and, and rising up. That happened during Obama's administration. The Wall Street being better than it was before, I, I credit that to Donald Trump because the deregulation that he's putting in place is going to give all the Wall Street people the opportunity to run wild again and tear the place apart. So they're going to be able to make it. What do you? What do you? Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by tear the place apart? Explain to me right. what you mean by that. Tear the place apart when this is also, um, I, 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 again. You, you, when you allow corporations and big businesses to take control unregulated, they cannot take it to their own. What, so give me one hands. example of a deregulation that has happened that you're saying is allowing for what you just described to happen, because I doubt you can name one. I think you're just fear-mongering. The real estate crash of 2009. That, that's not a regulation. I, I'll ask it again. Give me an example of a, of, a, of, a, of a deregulation that happened in the last year that you're saying is going to actually do what you just described. It doesn't exist. The appointment, uh, the appointment of the... Um, the stra- th- th- by the way, this is when you got to do more research before you call me because you're getting yourself in trouble now, and everyone listening this, can, can hear it. Now, this is the thing. You're asking me to bring up questions offhand off of the topic that I went to. So if you uh, want you're to the one things, that brought it up, Troy. Troy, this is the problem with guys like you. You clearly hate Donald Trump. You clearly hate the fact that, that African Americans are doing better under Donald Trump than they did under eight years under Barack Obama. You're the one that brought up the issue of, well, you're letting people run wild and go crazy. And that's why Wall Street is, is, is actually doing well right now. But then, and then I say, give me one example of one of these regulations that you're terrified of, and you can't name one of them, Troy. Do your, do me a favor before you call me again. Actually, have an actual substantive, not fearmongering point that you can show me to prove your point before you call me. Now, the point I called you on, I had. If you're going to ask me a different question, you want me to come back with research and information, you could give it to me, and I'll surely have it. But my <laughs> you're, right now, Again, you're the one that brought it up, Troy. Regulation. Troy, don't forget, you're the one that brought it up. I just asked you questions about your point that you brought up. I didn't say I did not, that I did not say that the world was running crazy on Wall Street because of Donald Trump. You're the one that said that, and I said, give me an example, and you still can't do it. No, I did not say the world is running crazy. I said deregulation. And you said running crazy. Don't make me back up the tape. You yeah, clearly I said, deregulation said it. Is what, because of deregulation is okay. what allowed corporations to okay. run crazy. Okay. And All right. I got, I got, I got to go, Troy. I've had enough. I got to go. Okay. It was a good effort. I'll give you a participation trophy for showing up. But next time you actually have to have facts to back it up. One eight seven seven three eight one. 3811, Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. We're getting close. If you haven't done your shopping yet, I'm warning you. 
Get it together. Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark tonight. Really nice to have you with us. And we are waiting this uh, vote in the Senate on this tax bill. It will go back for another vote in the House because of some House cleaning issues tomorrow. And then it will be done. It means that the majority of Americans are going to get more money in their pocket, more job security, lower corporate tax rates, and yes, we are going to change the way fundamentally that this country has been working when it comes to taxes. It is going to be different. For the last eight years, we tried an idea, which was we need a massive government to take care of people. We're going to take as much money as we can from people that earn money, And then we're going to give it away the way that we want to give it away and spend it on pork barrel projects and programs. One of them, by the way, was a secret government UFO program. No, this isn't a joke that costs you millions and millions of dollars. Still, that video, by the way, freaks me out. I'll have more on that in a moment, but it freak, it really does freak me out. If you have not seen that video, uh, I posted it up on social media. It freaks me out because if you hear these pilots in this secret program, um, these one, these pilots freak me out because you can tell they're freaking out at these crazy objects that they're seeing flying. That's the first thing. The second thing is the fact that we even have a secret program that's going after UFOs that we were spending tens of millions of dollars on. Anyway, I'll let you watch the video I put up on our, on, on Facebook and Twitter. All right, let me get back to your phone calls on this tax bill. Uh, are you in favor of this tax bill? Do you think it's a good idea that we're going to actually allow for companies and corporations to keep more of their money so that they can actually grow their businesses and employ more people? And are you glad that you're also going to get a tax break as well? Let me go to Matt. Thanks for waiting. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in tonight. How are you, Matt? Good, Ben. How are you? Doing well, sir. Give me your uh, give me your take on this. Well, uh, my first off on that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the fourteen hundred, thirteen hundred, a thousand, two thousand. Who cares really what it is? But I think Democrats are really just scorned right now that somebody might actually appreciate it. They might be happy about this. And lo and I mean, who can wanna... Matt Matt who complains over fourteen hundred dollars more a mo- a year? If you make forty grand a year, for example, who complains about that and says it's not enough? A liberal who's used to a handout their whole life. That's who says it. We'll be right back. America's mentor of conservatism. Call now at 877-381-3811. Welcome back. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight as he is uh, taking some well-deserved time off until the new year. Really nice to be sitting in for him and chatting with many of you. Uh, I, I am this whole UFO thing. <laughs> I was looking at the transcript of this pilot. If you just joined us, the Pentagon spent millions of dollars to research and follow what they said were UFOs. Um, the pilot, the Defense Department, has released these videos of them following these objects, the planes following these objects, and the video of them following these objects. And one of the pilots says, and I was reading the transcript, there's a structured craft of unknown origin whizzing around in our airspace. Go watch, just go watch it. 
I don't know what makes me more freaked out. The fact that we were spending tens of millions of our tax dollars looking and then quasi-following these objects, or the fact that these pilots are actually taping these objects that do look a whole lot like a UFO. It It is just... Can't we just get through the holidays without having to worry about UFOs, for goodness sakes? I'm totally happy thinking that we're the only people in the world. I am fine to be... I don't need to go look for this stuff. And I sure as hell don't want my tax dollars going to look for this stuff. There's enough quack jobs out there doing it on their own. And it, yes, it still freaks me out. All right, let me get back to your phone calls on this tax reform. Some some things that I didn't get to mention earlier that I want people to understand. Last quarter, economic growth was surged 3.3%, way ahead of schedule. Unemployment right now is at a 17-year low. Consumer confidence is a 17-year high. The stock market hitting all-time highs after one after another, after another, after another. Um, you add all that that I just gave you with a tax cut and reform bill that we have right now, and what you're going to have is you're going to have massive amount of power to not only have economic growth and hopefully what many say will be the new normal of economic growth of several percentage points a year. But what we're doing is we're building an economy that works clearly for all Americans, not just the wealthy and well-connected, as Democrats have tried to make this out to be. When you have an unemployment rate that's at a 17-year low, you cannot tell me that this is only benefiting the wealthy and the rich when clearly unemployment does not discriminate against anyone. The unemployment numbers are the unemployment numbers. Having a 17-year low with unemployment numbers and a 17-year high with consumer confidence, that's always a good thing. That is something, building that type of economy with those types of numbers is good for all Americans. Even though the left will say, well, this is only going to help the wealthy and the well-connected, then explain those numbers. When we expand economic growth... We're not expanding it for just some Americans. We're expanding it for all Americans. This is clearly having an impact already in our economy. When we bring back trillions of dollars in American wealth that is currently being parked overseas because of this tax bill, that clearly is going to help all Americans. Why? Because those companies that have been holding trillions of dollars overseas, that they're now going to get to be able to move back to this country, they're going to end up spending it, investing it, and using it in this country. They're going to end up using that money to invest in other companies and startups, which then hire people. They're going to be investing that money in infrastructure. They're going to be investing that money uh, in, in, in multiple different types of things. It can be investing that money in real estate, investing that money in apartment complexes, investing that money in small businesses. How is that bad? We've had decades-long theft of American jobs that have been going overseas because of our high taxes, high corporate tax rates, rates and the penalties that we, that we put on businesses that are successful. What did that do to the middle class? A lot of their jobs disappeared. This reform allows for those jobs to grow that are still in this country and to expand to new jobs for new people. 
That helps all Americans, not just rich people. Even though the left is trying to tell you this is all about the rich people, and they say, well, the middle class tax relief is not going to help them. All right, well, let's deal with facts. This plan includes substantial middle class tax cuts. I'll give you an example. A substantial increase in the child tax credit from $1,000 under current law to $1,600 in the House bill, $2,000 in the Senate bill. We're going to end up going somewhere around $1,300, $1,400. Nearly doubling the standard deduction so that more income is taxed at $0. I'll give you an example of how this helps lower-class families. Not even just middle class, lower class, the ones that say they're getting screwed the most by Democrats. A married couple will get the first $24,000 of their income tax-free. More, by the way, if they itemize. Also, lower tax rates so that more income is taxed at a lower rate on top of that. I'll give you another example. And again, these are the facts, not fear-mongering, the facts. A family of four making... A household income of $59,000 a year currently pays nearly $1,500 in federal income taxes. Under the House bill, they would pay only $350. Now, you look at how they've decided this up on the Senate, where it's going to be, it's probably going to be around $600. That's still a 45% tax cut. Under the Senate bill, by the way, their entire tax liability would have been wiped out. And they're trying to make sure that they have somewhere that they are in the middle of this. But you're going to have a massive tax cut, which will probably be 70% tax cut for that family. How is that hurting the middle class? I say to Democrats who say that this bill is terrible. Let's move the dollar amount up for a second. A family of four making $75,000 a year. Currently pays $3,800 of federal income taxes. The House bill they proposed, would it would be drop that number to $2,270. That's a 41% tax cut of $1,500. Under the Senate bill, they would pay $1,740. That's a 55% tax cut that, uh, of more than $2,000. And now Democrats saying that's not enough. They're saying this bill's evil and hurts the middle class. How does that hurt the middle class? Not the fear-mongering. We're talking about facts Hill here. And then... It does something else. This bill allows for lower-class Americans and middle-class Americans to actually save for their retirement so they're not having to live barely above poverty on Social Security, which, by the way, is going bankrupt. Both of these bills maintain important tax benefits. For example, 401K plans and retirement savings, still there. Adoption tax benefits, still there. Tax benefits for higher education, including an expansion of the 529 savings account so that you can have your kids go to a great school one day. Charitable contributions are also in there and the mortgage deduction. So again, I'll say this to the left. How is simplifying the tax code for the middle class a bad thing? And how is giving more middle class families more of their money back in their pocket somehow evil? Now, I know what the polls say. The polls say overwhelmingly the majority of Americans are against this tax bill. Yeah, because the majority of Americans have been hearing what the liberal media has said about this bill, which is not based in fact, it's based on lies. The majority of Americans have been hearing over and over and over and over again that they're getting screwed. 
They've been hearing it over and over and over again that they are literally getting screwed. That's what they keep saying. They are getting screwed, and the rich are going to get richer and richer, and this is just somehow flat-out evil. That's what they keep saying. And honestly, it's exhausting. Because these lies they will continue to tell as long as the media will help them sell them. I'll get to your phone calls on some of this as well. The number, one 381 3811 one Let me get back to your thoughts on this and see what you think about it. Let me go to Randall. You're on the Ben Ferg- or you're on with Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin tonight. How are you, Randall? Good. How are you doing? Doing well, sir. Give me your take on all this. Okay, well, I, I, I'm an independent. Uh, I'm, I'm for the, the tax breaks for uh, the big businesses. I understand 100% that it's going to create jobs, and the businesses need that wiggle room uh, to, to make pr- progress, and I agree that Obama lost a lot of those jobs overseas. I'm for the tax cut. I don't know if it's as big as I would uh, like because there's no guarantees of where that money goes. However, I understand that's what big businesses need. The problem I have with, with Trump and his administration is all these regulations that he's giving these businesses the room when most of those regulations are to protect the environment. And he's repealing all of them, and the businesses won't be here if the earth is not. And it's rapidly happening, and he doesn't seem to care as long as he's making money. All right, let's, let's, how is, whoa, 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 whoa. The president, it's, it's against the law for him to make money off of these, you're saying deregulation of the EPA, so that's a pretty extreme thing to say. Okay, so one, no, I'm not. Listen, Donald Trump, okay, is repealing these regulations. Okay, don't change the subject. I, I'm not changing the subject. I, I'm talking about. I literally just was saying what you just said is not accurate. I'll give you a great example. The Keystone Pipeline is a perfect example. Okay, you don't think that has any damage to to to, to the environment at all? How about uh, the steam protection rule? Uh, okay, let's deal with let's deal real quick with the Keystone Pipeline. Tell me how the Keystone Pipeline damages the environment to the point where we won't have it anymore, which you just said a moment ago. Over over time, sir. Over time. Okay. And then over. The, okay. Then I'll, I'll ask it again this way. Over time, how does the yes. Keystone Pipeline destroy our economy to the point where we won't have it anymore no, not over time? Economy, not economy. Environment. Okay. The environment. How does it destroy the environment? Pollution. How does the Keystone Pipeline, with all the regulations on it, safeguards on it, destroy the environment over time? Pollution. How? Pollution. Do you know what pollution is? I know what pollution is, but but you're not giving an example. The Keystone Pipeline, what, what does the Keystone Pipeline actually accomplish? It sends oil. Okay, and was that oil being sent before the Keystone Pipeline was built? The same amount of oil? Of course it is. Of course it's being sent. Okay, so so let's be clear. Let's be clear about this. This the, the oil that was being sent. Wait, wait, no, no, no. This is an important point to be made here, Randall. The oil that is now going through, that's going to go through the Keystone Pipeline, was already going through other pipelines. It was taking longer routes, which they, which you can legitimately argue, Randall, had a bigger potential negatively on the environment because if you have a pipe that's 100 miles long and then you have a pipe that's 350 miles long to deliver the same amount of oil, which one's a bigger threat to our environment? 
That, it's a good point, but here's the main point. No, it's okay. a great point, Randall. You I, said I, that I, the Keystone I, Pipeline I, was I, going I, to destroy. I, hold on, no, 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 no. You brought it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to talk about this. You okay. said that the Keystone Pipeline was going to destroy our environment to the point where we couldn't use it over time. Yet the Keystone Pipeline shortens the distance that the oil has to travel that the world was going to use regardless if we built the pipeline or not. Which one is better for the economy and the environment? Clearly the shorter one, but here's my point. Okay, so then why are you against the Keystone Pipeline? Here, here, what I'm against, sir, is that this was my point, that, that, you, that you went off on a bit of a tangent. Let me just say my point. Trump I, I didn't go off on a bit of a tangent. I answer. I, 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 I let you make your point. Please let me make mine. Okay, but don't say that I went off on a tangent, Randall, when you're the one that called me and you're the one that brought up the point. Listen, my point was the, re, the removal of regulations that Trump is allowing these businesses to have, which will cause more pollution. One, for example, the steam protection rule. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I gotta go back. Wait. 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 I gotta go back to the Keystone Pipeline because I'm no, not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not gonna let you get away with this. You're the one that. You're the one that brought up the Keystone Pipeline. You're the one saying it's gonna ruin the environment. The Keystone Pipeline is a pipeline that is going to shorten the distance of how far the oil has to go, and it is a fact that to move this crude oil from Canada. It is going to be more heavily regulated when it comes directly through this country instead of going around this country and will have less of an economic impact on the world's environment going direct through this country down to Port Arthur, down to the Houston area, out into the world. So why are you against that pipeline? Okay, I already, I already, I already agreed with you. If it's going to be a shorter route, that's fine. That wasn't my main point of calling. I didn't call to talk about the Keystone Pipeline. You brought that up. My point is, why is Trump removing all of these regulations that are to protect the environment? That's well, my well again, I'll go back to the Keystone Pipeline because it's no, the one that clearly a lot of people talk about. What, regu what regulation did he remove that is going to hurt the environment with the Keystone Pipeline? Answer me that. Okay, we are, we already finished. We should be done with the Keystone Pipeline. No, no I'm not done with it, Reno, because it is a perfect example of you fear-mongering on an issue when I bring up the facts that you have to concede that I'm right. You're actually having to admit that the Keystone Pipeline is safer and better and shorter the way it's been designed that he has approved, which is getting rid of the regulations, and you're saying that he's ruining the environment. I'm saying that's a perfect example of how he's not ruining the environment. And you're having to admit that, so you want to move on to another example because you just got busted on that one. Do your homework before you call me. Do your homework, please. It's embarrassing, especially if your kids are listening. We'll be right back. Lovin. Welcome. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. He'll be back in the new year. Thanks for spending some time with us. Hope you've gotten all of your Christmas shopping done. If you haven't, don't worry. You're not alone, especially if you're a man. New, new uh, numbers came out online. Retailers said that the majority of men will wait till the 21st to get their shopping, the majority of their shopping done. Proof that men can accomplish more in less time than women during the holidays. I'm just saying. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good stat, if you ask me. All right, I want to get. Uh, so, 
I, I've been all night long. I've been trying to be nice. Um, but I, I, I am. I, I just want to name Bob Corker is the just most pathetic human being of the week. Bob Corker was going to vote against this Trump tax cut because he hated Donald Trump, and Donald Trump just chapped him that somehow he would be president and Bob Corker wasn't. That he's a bigger deal than Bob Corker after Bob Corker played the rhino game perfectly in Washington. And then Bob Corker gets busted by the International Business Times for all of a sudden switching his vote out of nowhere because a provision was added that's going to make him, oh, probably an extra million dollars a year. Bob Corker... You sucked a lot yesterday, but you suck even more today. And that's hard to do, because you were already one of the worst Republican senators in Washington. I didn't know you could suck more. I'll tell you about this move coming up in the next hour. Mark Levin Show. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hour three, it is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. We are awaiting the Senate vote on the tax bill. The House must re-vote on the tax cuts. We've been told they'll do that tomorrow. Democrats are losing their minds right now on the floor of the Senate, and it really is fun. If there's ever, I, I wish I could actually, like, sh- this is the only time I hate radio. Because if you could see these people freaking out on the Democrats on the floor of the House screaming and yelling that we're not giving enough money back to the American worker, you know, this is, this is a scam. One guy just said on the floor of the Senate, some Yahoo, you know, nut job senator said a moment ago on the floor of the Senate, um, that the middle class is only going to get a 23% of the tax cut. Well, that's 23% more than Barack Obama gave you. So thank you for making my point for me. And yes, this is the biggest tax overhaul in 30 years. Before I get to even more about what's in this bill so you understand, I just have to tell you every once in a while there is a fake news story that I actually like. There is a story that's gone viral, some of you may have seen it, where a man was arrested for selling Chuck E. Cheese tokens as a Bitcoin, and he made $1.1 million in cash doing it. The only problem was it was a fake news article, but it may have been my favorite one of the day. The headline ran, uh, Bitcoin scam, man arrested after making over one million selling Chuck E. Cheese tokens as Bitcoins. Researchers found that the article originally started from a website that's famous for putting out fake news stories, hoping to get clickbait and make some money off of it. So the only people that made cash off this fake news story was, well, the website that put it out. But it was a pretty funny article because if you compare Chuck E. Cheese to Bitcoin, and I've had a lot of people ask me, Ben, are you going to invest? Are you going to invest? Are you going to invest in this? Uh, no, I'm not. I don't understand things like Bitcoin, therefore I'm not going to invest in it. But one of the things I will say is the difference between Chuck E. Cheese tokens and Bitcoin is that it should scare the living crap out of all of you is this. Only one of them is a physical currency. That would be a Chuck E. Cheese token. 
Can you use both currencies to buy pizza and skee-ball? The answer is no, only one of them. Chuck E. Cheese tokens can do that. Cannot be used to buy black tar heroin. The only one that you can not use to buy heroin or illegal drugs is a Chuck E. Cheese token, so it's even better for the economy and drug abuse. And if there's two things here. If you want people to shut up about Bitcoin... Which currency do people not talk a lot about? Well, Chuck E. Cheese actual currency helps you play games and eat pizza, which means you shut up and stop talking about Bitcoin. So my point is, if you're going to invest in something, you, you might want to actually invest in Chuck E. Cheese tokens before this Bitcoin thing. They also stopped the trading of one of the currencies today that trades Bitcoin because, oh, it's just gone up a little bit, 17,000% in the last couple of weeks and so they've stopped trading on it because regulators are worried that it might actually be a Ponzi scheme. Shares of the crypto company, their ticker is CRCW, have surged nearly 160% in the past five days, more than 1,800% in the past month, and more than 17,000% in the past three months. So, the SEC moved to stop the company trading after crypto company announced that they were going to split their stock with a 10 to 1 split to try to push the price lower and make it more affordable for the average investor. That's when the SEC jumped in and said, yeah, we're going to look at this hot Bitcoin company because it might be a Ponzi scheme, and we're going to stop the trading. So the Securities and Exchange Commission suspended trading of that company to, until January the 3rd, citing concerns regarding the accuracy and adequacy of information about the compensation paid to promote the firm and plans for insider sales. So you've been warned. There you go. I'll go to Chuck E. Cheese, and you can go buy some currency that I don't think anyone understands fully how it exactly works, except you're buying some code. Just thought I'd give you that. All right, let me get back to something that is real, putting more money in your pocket from the GOP tax breaks. We are awaiting the Senate vote on the tax bill. The House will re-vote on this, and Democrats are angry because they say, well, you're not giving people enough money. That's right. You're not giving enough Money, And my thing is, if you're complaining about us not giving you enough money in tax breaks that are going across the board, then why weren't you losing your minds for the last eight years when Obama was in office giving none of your money back? And if you're and you're saying that we shouldn't be excited about a thousand dollars or twelve hundred or fifteen hundred dollars going to families that are making thirty, forty, fifty grand a year saying that that's not enough, then, then how much money do you think they should get back in taxes? Because the last, I was told, Democrats did not want to give out any tax breaks. They didn't want to have any tax cuts go out. They wanted a big government. That's what they got for eight years, a massive government that took more money out of people's pockets and then they decide who they were going to give some of that money back to, and the majority of those they kept in poverty while doing it. So where is your idea, and how would you do this? You know, views on Republican tax reform plan, only 33% favor it. 
55% oppose it, 11% unsure. That number that's come out, there's a one problem with that poll that everybody's quoting today. Only 33% of Americans are in favor of it. That poll clearly had 10% more of the people that were polled were Democrats. So it's not even a fair, it, it, it's not even a fair poll number. It's not an accurate poll if you oversample Democrats by 10%. Of course that poll is going to look bad. But everybody runs around going, well, the, the Republicans, the majority of Americans are against what the Republicans are doing, yet they're still doing it anyway. Proof that they're just trying to give money to the evil rich people and the evil rich white people in this country. We also simplified the tax code, got rid of so much of the tax laws. That, that you have that only people that have a lot of money could even take advantage of to understand them. One of the best parts about this tax bill, and one of the reasons why I think it actually is a great thing, is because it simplifies the tax code, which gives fewer advantages to the wealthy and the rich who can afford to pay incredible lawyers and tax professionals, which the average American doesn't have the money to spend on. Why are Democrats not jumping with joy just for the reform aspect of this? I want to get some of your phone calls in here. Many of you can complain and yell and rant at me online if you want to. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson uh, Show on Twitter. You can tweet at me and on Facebook, Ben Ferguson Show as well. The number, one 381 3811 one Let me go to Kevin. Thanks for waiting, Kevin. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Go ahead. Hey, Ben. How you doing? Doing well, sir. Give me your take. Yeah, um, I'm happy to get fourteen, fifteen hundred extra bucks, you know. I'm a hardworking guy. I, I supported my family. I had to do what I had to do to take care of them. I've had crappy jobs, you know, but... I've always kept working and try to do what I could to provide for my family. So it's like, hey, I'll take it. I don't know why they're all a bunch of, bunch of haters. Well, I mean, isn't $1,400 a lot of money to you? Because it oh, is yeah. to me. I mean, that's, I mean, it's $1,400 that I didn't have for the last eight years. Do the, this is the other thing about the liberals that when they say this to you and the left, you, you look at $1,400. You times that times eight. That's $11,200 you could have had in your pocket during the Obama administration they didn't give you. That's not right. something to just to overlook. That's how many house notes is that? That's that's literally buying a pretty decent car. Right. I could I could use that extra money in lots of ways, you know. But yeah, it's the, not the, enough like you said. It it, it could be maybe $200,000. We could be like Norway maybe. I don't know where you know people get these we we can't be like other countries. We're, we weren't set up like that, you know? Well, I don't want to be set up like that. Do the math no, on I the guy mean, earlier that I, was saying, oh, well, we need to give everybody $200,000. Are you insane? We can't afford that. I mean, we literally cannot afford it. And they say, and these Democrats who come out and say, I'm against this bill. So you're against giving people more of the money that they actually earn. And then you say, well, the reason why I'm against this is because I want there to be more. And again, these are their words. They say, well, I want there. I, I, we deserve to have more of our money. You weren't yelling that. You were not yelling that for the last 
eight years. You just weren't. You were not, you were not yelling that. So why now all of a sudden do you care so much about the taxes and the fact that you're against giving people more of their money back? And it's going to help people just like you, as you just described it. Kevin, right. appreciate the phone call. Great point, sir. And God bless you and the work you're doing out there. Preston, you are on the Mark Levin show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Go ahead. Hi, Preston. Thank you for taking, thank you for taking my call. Good to talk to you. Give me your take. So, Basically, the way I see it is the tax plan is not really going to help um, anyone other than corporate interests. The amount of money, uh, just even your previous call that you had, um, yeah, sure, it may be more than what you didn't have before, but that that's nothing compared to what you're paying for gas and for food and I would just advise Well Republicans people. are in favor of lower gas prices. We're in favor of we're in favor of and so that I mean look at gas prices right now. You can be in favor of it, but there's there's no actions behind the words, which me brings me to my next point. Hold on, whoa, 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 Preston, 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 Preston. You just said that Republicans can be in favor of lower gas prices, but there's no actions in the word. We're the ones that allowed for the Keystone Pipeline, which are going to lower gas prices. We're the ones that allowed for there to actually be drilling in areas where the the government and the EPA forced us to stop drilling because of... EPA regulations, and they wanted to have gas prices go up. They wanted to well, force people to draw, to buy hybrids. So that's a lie to say. Okay, but wait, Preston, that's a lie to say that Republicans aren't in favor of lower ba- gas prices and are actually doing things to lower gas prices. That's just not true. It's just, I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it except for the fact that clearly, Preston, that is just not true. Hold on, I'll continue the conversation with you. I'll give you a fair shake. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Tell you what, Mark's got a top staff here. I got to give you guys credit. They do one heck of a job. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. He'll be back in the new year after he gets some much-needed time off. In the meantime, I'll be with you tonight. And uh, back in January, uh, I'll be with you another night as well. And some great uh, fill-in hosts coming through now through the end of the year, through Christmas and all that fun stuff. So make sure you join us each night here on whatever station you're listening to around the country. Uh, we are getting closer for that Senate vote. Um, we, they are, every Democrat is taking up as much time as they can to talk about how the w- sky is falling, the world's gonna end, everything's terrible, the economy's gonna suck, all because we give more Americans more of their tax dollars. That's right, more Americans, more of their tax dollars. Uh, it's, I think, pretty obvious why they're terrified of this bill. They're afraid that more Americans are actually going to be excited about getting more of their money in their pockets. They're excited about, they're terrified that Americans are going to be excited about a robust economy where they're getting raises and their companies are expanding. That's why they're freaking out. That's why they're losing their minds. Jules, 
You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. How are you? Oh, thank God you got me on the show. I just want to say I'm not a liberal. As a matter of fact, I think along your lines. But you are being very overly optimistic. And I'm going to tell you why. First, first off, let me, first off, let me ask you this: Who'd you vote for in the election? Oh, I wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton if she was the only candidate. I voted okay. Donald Trump. Okay, I'm, believe me, you can't trap me. I am. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't a trap. It was a fair question. You said you're con you said you're conservative. I just was curious who you voted yeah, for. That's yeah. a, that's not a trap. That's just hey, relax a little bit. Okay, no, it was just no, a, it was a simple question. Okay, well, I voted for Donald Trump, and I think he's doing a great job. I'm not, uh, uh, and for, for disclosure purposes, I'm an ex-Internal Revenue Service agent in international taxes, okay? So I'm coming from a very different point than you do. I, everything you said is true about giving the money to the people, everything. It's true and it is wonderful. But there's something, there's factors that are bothering me. First of all, as an international examiner, now, you know, these provisions have cut out foreign-sourced income. Foreign-sourced income will not be taxed in the United States. That's a very, very bad concept. The, the tax rate reduced to 21% is good. I felt it should be reduced even more. But 21% won't cut it now because foreign-sourced income is not being taxed. They could tax... They could take their businesses to other jurisdictions that have lower than 21% taxes. Right, but the majority of businesses, and you, you also, I'm sure, would agree with me on this one, Go ahead. have said that they would prefer to bring their money back into this country even if they pay a little bit higher price on that money because they would rather have it to reinvest in this country, dropping that rate down to 21%. Uh, is it, is going to have a major impact on how much of that money, and it's literally trillions of dollars sitting in offshore accounts, how much that money comes back to this country. Now, you're right. Not all of it w might come back, right? They still might find other places. But there is also a loss that you have by the returns that you're missing out on by not bringing that money back into this country. And not be able to invest in things in this country. Well, there's no Th those, to... I mean, that's that's undeniable. So if I've got my money in Antigua or Barbados, right, and I got eight hundred million dollars parked over there, what can I really do with it? Not a whole lot. We'll be right back. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. Establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. The great one has taken some much-needed time off through the end of the year, and uh, I'll be with you for the rest of tonight, and then many of my good friends, actually, are going to be filling in over the next several days. Uh, so thank you for joining us tonight. We are talking about this uh, tax bill. It is getting closer to being a reality. That is what I can tell you right now, as we are now seeing uh, that this tax bill uh, is almost over 
the hump. Now, there is a do-over. Some of you are curious what's happening with this. Well, the House will have to vote again on the tax cut bill. The tax cut bill hit a procedural snag that will require changes to the legislation. As a result, the House will have to vote uh, to approve the bill again tomorrow. The Senate uh, rules tonight say that after the three provisions included in the bill passed by the House did not comply with Senate budget rules, Republican lawmakers will strip the provisions from the bill prior to the Senate's vote tonight. The House would then have to take up the measure once again. We're being told that would happen tomorrow. Now, the relevant provisions are minor. One allows tax-advantaged education savings accounts to be used uh, homeschooling expenses for homeschooling expenses. Another touches on exemption from a new excise tax on college endowments. The changes are not expected to put the tax overhaul in any type of jeopardy. The House could vote again later tonight, but will most likely, we've been told, wait until tomorrow morning, uh, is what many staffers have said that are usually in the know about when a bill will come up. Now, the House passed the most sweeping tax overhaul in decades on Tuesday, taking a significant step to cutting taxes for most American households and businesses. You had 227 Republican votes. The House approved the tax bill uh, to cut taxes, and no Democrats, of course, support the measure because, heaven forbid, that we give Americans more of their own money back. Uh, shockingly, 12 Republican rhinos voted against it. The focus now shifts to the Senate, where Republicans have enough votes to pass the legislation. Uh, on Monday, you had Maine's Susan Collins said she would vote for the bill, bringing the likely vote in favor to at least 50. Senator John McCain is not expected to vote on the bill due to his ongoing health issues as he has gone back to Arizona. Uh, let me just say this real quick on a, on a personal note. Uh, I don't care about politics for a second. The the type of cancer that Senator John McCain is facing uh, is one of the most horrific types of cancers that you can fight. Uh, one of my very best friends deals with this type of cancer a lot. Uh, he is a neurosurgeon. And I don't care what your thoughts are politically of John McCain. He is a good man. He is a man that has fought for this country, protected this country, uh, and... I can take politics out of it. We don't agree on everything politically. Uh, but what I will say is pray for John McCain's family. It is going to be a very tough holiday for them. Um, this cancer is so aggressive. Uh, and John McCain is, is a statesman. He's a good man. I don't agree with every one of his votes. I don't care about that right now. Um, you know, Joe Biden... Um, lost his son, Bo, to the same type of cancer. And that was one of the first phone calls that the McCain family made was to Joe Biden to talk about this type of cancer. And there was a very touching moment. And I'll, I'll put it up on, on social media so I don't have to play the whole thing here. But there was a very touching moment um, with, on The View where Megan McCain, John McCain's daughter, is one of the hosts. Um, and... Joe Biden was on there talking about his new book, and she said, I couldn't read your book because there was a lot in that book about losing his son to this type of cancer. And Joe Biden immediately switched seats with one of the other hosts and sat next to Meghan McCain and talked to Meghan McCain about how tough her father was, what a great friend he was, what uh, a, a good man he was, even though they, they fought against each other tooth and nail. Remember, John McCain ran against Barack Obama and Joe Biden for the presidency and lost. Um, they put their differences aside and, and have become very close because of these health issues. 
And I've seen a lot of people say a lot of nasty things about John McCain and conservatives um, who've, who've talked about um, him in a very, I just think, unfair way in the last few weeks. And I just want to remind people that people's lives and the hardships they go through and how tough this cancer is and to, and to watch someone going through it that you, uh, his family loves sincerely. John McCain has done some amazing things for this country, and I think he deserves our respect. I never wish any will, ill will on any person physically through any type of disease or cancer, much as celebrating as some people have celebrated it, which is just awful. And um, what I can tell you is John McCain is, 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 has had an incredible life and, and legacy and history. John McCain's family is having to go through this right now, and I cannot, you know, my mom, uh, and, and this may be one of the reasons why it's so personal to me, is my mom is uh, fighting cancer. She has stage four cancer. Um Politics don't matter when you're watching someone suffer and you're watching someone fight cancer. And I just hope that we keep our eye on the ball. Um, I don't care about the politics of any person when they're fighting for their life and cancer. I don't. And I think there's been a lot of people that have gotten nasty at John McCain because they were mad at him for a vote on Obamacare. And what I can tell you is I don't care about how we vote on Obamacare when I'm talking about his cancer. I can disagree with a lot of people politically, but it doesn't mean that I wish them ill will. And I do think we have to lead by example on this. Politics has gotten nasty in this country. It's gotten personal. I mean, tonight I, I, I was just looking during the break at how many people had tweeted at me Um hating on me. You know, almost every time that I, I've mentioned, uh, and I mentioned it on CNN recently, uh, we were talking about health care bill, and I talked about my mom, and I said I would not support a bill that I knew would hurt my mom, who has cancer, stage 4 cancer, and I support the repeal and replacement of Obamacare. And it was incredible how many people said, tweeted, I, I hope your mom dies, or uh, is your mom dead yet? Uh, there, there are several people on Twitter that, that, that tweet me that at least once a week, uh, asking if my mom is dead yet. And there are very few things that get to me. That's one of them. And it's also taught me compassion that there are certain issues that should be off limits. And I think we as conservatives need to lead on that one. And what I know is the McCain family right now is going through the toughest days of their life as a family. Probably even tougher than the days that John McCain went through as a POW because at least then it was just, it was McCain by himself and, and, and it was, you know, he was going through a tough time. But when you're seeing your family be so, you know, having to watch you battle this disease, I know John McCain doesn't want them to be upset. I know John McCain doesn't want them to um, go through any of this and feel like they're helpless because there's not much they can do except love and support him. And this is impromptu, and I wasn't going to spend as much time as I did on this, but during the holidays, 
I think it's important for us to all step back for a moment on some of these issues and just look at people as human beings. Uh, look at John McCain as a human being. Look at John McCain for the positive things that he's done for this country and, and, and some of the leadership that he's shown in his lifetime and the service that he gave to this country and, and, and pray for John McCain and pray that this, you know, for, for this cancer to, to, to somehow be stopped and to pray for comfort for his family and for his wife and his kids. I mean, you look at his family and what an incredible family. Um, how they've just opened their hearts to, to, to so many different children. Um, and that's what should be celebrated. Uh, so I'll say it. My, my thoughts and my prayers are with the McCain family, with John McCain specifically, with his kids, his wife. Uh, and, and I just, I, I hope that we will remember him for the bigger picture instead of people just focusing on one bill or one vote or one thing that he did or didn't do. And, you know, I, it may be more personal for me because my mom's got cancer. Um, but there are enough nasty people in the world that we don't need to focus on wishing someone ill will or allowing that to be part of the conversation. And I'll leave it at that. All right, I want to get back to your phone calls. Um, the number, one eight seven seven um, three eight one thirty eight eleven one eight seven seven. 381-3811. Let me go to Adam in San Francisco. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hello. Ben, how are you doing, buddy? Appreciate doing well, sir. Give me your take on all this. Well, okay. I'm a bit concerned because I am a union construction worker. I'm an electrician by trade. One of the things that I do is I've traveled all over. I've traveled and I've done the work on the North Dakota pipeline. There's really not a lot of pollution. It's a safe way to do things. It's a lot better than the, than the rail system. I've worked down in North uh, New Mexico. I've worked in Oklahoma. I've worked in Washington. I've worked all over the place. And one of the things that we've always been able to do is I get to write off my union dues because I am forced to pay my union dues to an organization post-tax. So I have to give them that money. And then um, my travel expenses. Because like, when I'm in those areas, a lot of times I acquire a, an apartment or some place to, 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 to lay my head down. And those expenses add up, and then those are ended up the way I'm seeing this right now. Is this going to be basically taxable income? And if I want to go work someplace else, and I'm going to have to pay the price to do it, because right now, as of this year, I'm, 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 my home is in Idaho. I'm working in California. This year, I've made about $170,000. And honestly, looking at this tax bill the way I've seen it, unless you know differently, I'm about to see about a 15% increase in my taxes overnight. I don't see how this is helping me, and I was hoping you might have an explanation for me. So the number one thing you're saying is going to go up for you is is, is specifically which part? Uh, like my travel expenses, uh, the cars, the mileage, the work clothes, the tools, you know, the rent on apartments, those things. That I end up paying for, I get to write them off of my my uh, my income when I do my my uh, 1040, and doubling the standard deduction doesn't add up to what I'm about to lose in those deductions. If that makes sense. Sure, and I I'll give you two different things here that that I've looked at that we're talking about here that I do think are going to probably and a lot of it depends on how you set up your business. I mean, are you setting it up as an LLC or an no, S corp? I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a union electrician. I I'm not a 
you know, and that's really how a lot of these areas get built. Like, you know, many of us travelers that are in this area building the area because there's so much work here right now that we come from, like, I've come from Idaho. I know people come from Nebraska, Illinois, wherever. They're over here now working here. And the rents that we pay to, you know, like I said, just for a night, to, uh, place to sleep at night, because not all of us get per diem. So these things come out of what we make in wages. Sure. So we, we write those things off. And those expenses, especially like in California where rents are just through the roof, that... Because we write it in, in other words, what you're saying is you want to have you want to have more of a write-off, right? I need personally the write-off that I I'm about to lose compared to what you know. Doubling the standard deduction doesn't make a difference for me. I will right. still well, and and here's here is what it, here's what is still there. Okay, so that you understand and for everybody listening, one four one k plans and retirement savings are good. Um, tax benefits for higher education, so if you're doing continuing education, et cetera, that's going to be there, for example, you don't have to worry about. Uh, if you do charitable contributions, that's going to be deductible, and the mortgage deduction is also still going to be there. Now, if you're saying you're going to lose out on some of your, you know, some of your write-offs, um, not everything is going to be perfect for every single person. I understand your point there. But I do think for the major, overwhelmingly for the majority of Americans, they're going to save money. You may be one of those individuals where this doesn't work out as well as you wanted it to for you, and you might have to change the way that you do some of your business to make it work a little bit better for you. I don't know because I don't do your taxes. You get my point? But, well, of course I get your point, but I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of guys, construction workers in general, that are in my shoes. Sure. This is gonna hurt. Right, and, and this is, and you're, in, and you're a little bit different of it. You're in a little bit more of a unique situation, right? Because of course, of you're course. a traveling individual. You're not even doing this in your own place. Correct. I pay taxes in California to work here, and I still pay taxes in Idaho because I'm an Idaho resident. I pay taxes on both sides, and then I get hammered by the Fed, and then I get money taken out of my check for the union that I now cannot write off, which I see as a union killer. If you ask me, but that's a story for another day. Right, and, and like I said, you are in a you are in clearly in a unique, right? You you are in a you're in a unique tax bracket. You're in a unique tax situation, which is not the norm. So I I, I understand your point. I what I would say one last thing. What I would say is this. Um, I do think that this tax bill is not going to benefit you maybe as much as another person, but yours is also a, a very unique situation. And I and look, there's no perfect tax bill, unfortunately. And so you've got a unique set of circumstances where you're a traveling individual and you want to be able to get all these benefits you used to get, and we may not be able to do that for everybody. And I think clearly you're the example of that. Now, personally, that sucks for you. But overall, for the economy, we're going to be in a better situation, and you may get even out of more work than you got before, and you may not have to travel to get that work because of all the corporations are going to expand. And that might be the silver lining. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin.
Welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark. Want to get straight back into your phone calls, and we'll go to Mary Ann. Thanks for waiting. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Hello. Hi there. Hey, Ben, I just wanted to quickly respond to the man that called questioning uh, whether Trump's policies benefit African Americans. And I just feel like too many people don't understand that policies initiated can benefit all Americans, which includes African Americans. That concept seems to be totally foreign to some people, so that unless someone specifically says, here's what we are going to do for African Americans, they feel they are automatically excluded. Well, I mean, look at African-American unemployment numbers right now. You cannot deny how good it is right now. It's better than it ever was at any point during Barack Obama's presidency, and yet people are mad about it. Well, they're looking at things through a false lens. Uh, they understand things like, here's a free cell phone and some food stamps. They were just ecstatic over that. Hey, remember the Obama phone. If, you give, if I vote for him, he's going to give me more. And I think part of the thing is, Marianne, a lot of people are mad they're not getting as much of the free stuff anymore, but they are getting an opportunity to work for themselves and make a lot more money than they would if they were just living in poverty. I'm out of time. I'll see you back here again real soon. You've been listening to Mark Levin Show. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show. Have a blessed night and a great Christmas.